interesting thing is that people are not selling it. They're just they're holding it. Holding it because they know. They're because all the other cryptos depend on this, right? Yeah. No, it's yeah, but no financial advice. Yeah, this is every, yeah, I have to put like a thing. <laughs> yeah. No but financial. what we're saying is not financial advice, just our opinions. Yeah, because uh, recently every YouTube video I watch, this is the first thing. Yeah. I'm just a guy on YouTube. This yeah. is not financial advice. Yeah, yeah. Even family members, man, they tell me because I invest. Welcome everybody to another episode of Picking Brains with JJ Swar. I have uh, my friend Talha. Actually, we've never met yeah, before. This, yeah, this is the first time you're first, meeting. Yeah, we're first time we're first time we're meeting. Can you tell the people how you ended up here? Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. So actually, we were looking for you know some place to get some exposure in Bahrain, and uh, I just started uh, typing on Google podcast in Bahrain. And your word, the second or the third result that show up. Oh, wow. And instantly, I just, you know, sent you a message and I was like, hey, Jarber, how are you? I, I introduced yes. myself and then I said, all right, how do you select guest? I thought, okay, there is a process. And then you said, can you speak English? And I was like, yeah, I can. And then you're like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> and I was like, really amazing. Great. Yeah, no, I didn't know how I, this is my first time hearing this. I didn't know how you found my podcast. Yeah, I just searched on Google podcast in Bahrain. There was like three, four and the second or third was yours picking Bahrain. So why did you choose me over the first? Actually, I sent a message to everyone. To everyone. Because I'm like this guy, I have this grind, I'll do whatever okay, yeah, it takes. Yeah, of course, to, grinding. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So you were the first one to reply. Yeah, great, great. Yeah. Trying to be active. I saw a message request. I'm like, yeah, sure, man, hop on. Let's talk about it. Okay. I'm glad to have you here. Same here. And uh, we have plenty to talk about. Um, yeah. But it's mostly going to be focused around NFTs, metaverse, yeah. all and, that stuff. Especially gaming. Play gaming. To, play into our gaming. Great, great. Yeah. I know a little bit, not too much of the space i do invest in the space but mm -hmm. not too much um but yeah you had some questions and i told you to keep the questions in your mind because it'll be great to answer in the podcast so go yeah. ahead so i'll tell uh everything about myself and what i do later sure the first question is why picking brains why the name picking brains yeah so um i i briefly touched upon it in my podcast before mm -hmm. but particularly how I got this name, I um, I watched a movie, I forgot what movie it is, but a character tells another character, let me try to pick your brain on this particular topic. And I'm like, hmm, I've heard of this term, I know what it means, I haven't thought about it for a podcast. So I'm like, yeah, you know, picking your brains, it's short two words, and it describes what I do. Because I don't have a particular niche with my podcast. People, are, when they ask me when you do a podcast, what is it about? Is it about entrepreneurship? Is it about fitness? Is it about religion? Is it about this and that? I'm like, no, it's about whatever. Yeah, Whoever the, is the, my... the name shows that you're curious. You want yeah. to learn more. And that's yes. why you pick people's brain to learn more. Yes. And, and they awesome. pick mine. That's the thing. It's a two-way <laughs> thing. I don't want people to feel like this is an interview. Mm -hmm. more, more so, it's a conversation. Exactly. And... A part, one, my description of the podcast is a collection of candid conversations regarding contemporary topics. I'm a fan of alliteration. <laughs> um, and part of the reason why I had you on is because I know nothing about you, mm -hmm. nothing about what you do. And I didn't research beforehand. I wanted to be candid. That's like one of the best, best things. I, I'm getting to know you as we're talking. And then, yeah, I, we'll have a, hopefully, I mean, I'm sure of it from what we've interact from our interactions. We're going to have a good conversation. Sure. Um, 
But I think you had another question. I don't know if you had, there was something else I wanted to talk about. The AWS. Yeah. So, yes. uh, so while we were, you know, we met, we were talking about that. Java is going to get involved with AWS. And I was like really curious because personally, me and my friends were also involved with some AWS projects. So tell me about it. Jabra. Yes. So the, for the people who don't know, AWS is Amazon Web Services. They mostly um, are centered around cloud computing. So they host servers for other people to host their websites, whatever products they have on their servers. And we have one in Bahrain. Actually, uh, it's called an AZ, an availability zone, I think. Yeah, we, yeah. Have, we have two of them here. Uh, three data centers. Or three three, three data, data centers, center. yeah, yeah. So we have three AZs here. And I want to work there because mm-hmm. the background was I studied in the U.S. and I want to work in the U.S., Graduated December 2019 and wanted to work as a software engineer. I actually got a job offer mm-hmm. to work in um, Cambridge, Massachusetts. So if you know where that is, that's the office was right between the campuses of Harvard and MIT. Oh. So it was a very expensive place, but they paid well. Unfortunately, COVID hit, so my job offer got rescinded and I came back to Bahrain. And I want to explore opportunities here. And I noticed that AWS was new here and I want to work there. There's not much competition. So I I started studying for some certifications. I even took a cloud computing class in college. So that could help me. Got there what's called the Certified Cloud Practitioner, CCP, AWS. I got that in September. And here's the thing. So at that point, I had, I would say... Two internships mm-hmm. and a part-time job. Mm-hmm. I've already built a, a website on AWS. I got the the the, the certification. Mm-hmm. Um, studied abroad and all that stuff, right? So I thought I'd be a good candidate at this point. I apply to AWS for their in, in, even internships, even just for the internships, but also they had a graduate uh, job as well. CIC graduate. Uh, it was called Graduate Professional Services, right. I think. Right. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll apply to that. Got nothing back. Heard nothing back. I know a couple of friends who went to University of Bahrain, no experience working, no part-time, no internships. Um, they get calls. And I'm like, hello? What's going on? Because I told them I want to do this. Like, oh, I already got a job. I got not job. I got a call from them, like the screening interview in the beginning. I got nothing. I'm like, hmm, that's that's weird. And then I find out that this is my theory. I find out that, that Amazon, well, this is, this is fact. Amazon is partnered with the UOB in the sense that they are sponsoring a cloud computing degree in the University of Bahrain. And I think there's some... Um, a lot on that. Yes. Yeah. So so I think they're hosting one of the data centers in the campus, one of the campuses, I think, as exactly. well. Yeah. So there's kind of that, that they have this alliance, right? So perhaps maybe they prioritize UOB students over everybody else. Yeah, it's and somehow right, yeah. So I don't know much. That's my theory because on paper, I thought I was qualified, maybe even overqualified for what I was doing because I even have a certification of theirs and I was working on getting the next certification but um, then I landed the job I'm in now, yeah. and I'm like, okay, Khalas, I just I just forgot about it. But you said you had some experience with AWS. Go ahead. Be- before we get to that, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but let's explain what you do, you um, what where your organization is, and then we can jump into that. Yeah. So uh, I'll start when I joined university. Right mm-hmm. when I joined university, I, I was a good student. I used to get good. Re- I, actually, I'm still in university. I haven't graduated. There's one semester remaining. <laughs> Yeah. 
So the thing is, when I joined university, I saw that I realized that I don't want to follow the traditional path, like mm-hmm. in graduate, get a job and then work. I thought I don't want to do something different, but I don't know what to do different. So I started reading books. Actually, mm-hmm. I went to the library and I just picked a random book. And the book I got, I read is the is what brought me here. The book was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnage. Have you read that book? I have the book. I read it. I gave it to my brother. How to, Dale Carnegie, 1920s, like, 1930s. Exactly. Yeah. During the Great Depression, he wrote that book. And yeah. that book literally changed my life. From that book, I went to Think and Grow Rich, the second book, yeah. then by yes. Napoleon and so on and so forth. So at that time, I, these books really helped develop my mindset and mm. made me you know, think what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, I don't want to do a job. Maybe if I get, but the thing is, I'll start from now. So yeah. it was my second semester I, uh, and I had, uh, I really like to write. So I started f- doing freelance gigs on uh, Fiverr and Upwork mm-hmm. and I was able to make some money and I realized, okay, this is good. What if I could do that in Bahrain? So I started this company called Fanoon. It was like an Instagram page where mm-hmm. I just provide writing services to companies. Mm-hmm. I, I had the skill, but I wanted to bring business. So what to do? I started reading more books. I read sales book. Do you know about Brian Tracy? No. Yeah, he's a guy who write, or you know about Jordan Belfort? Yes. Yes. So all the sales guy, I watched all the YouTube videos, all the books and everything that is related to related he, He's to a wolf of Wall Street, they call him, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I read all the books on psychology of selling, how to get clients, and I, I whatever I read, I applied it. And I was able to, you know, learn how to get customers. Mm-hmm. And then from there on, then uh, I met my friends, uh, Talha and Shahroz, who are my co-founders of our company okay and shahro especially was interested in game development mm-hmm. and he in the second year of university he told okay let's there's this uh, uh, software called unity in which we can build our own games and i was like really can we do that and i thought okay games are created by this big companies who have this yeah. big engineers and he's like anybody could create it mm-hmm. and we said i told him okay let's create subway surfers just uh, let's just replicate it <laughs> and then we started building it then we got another guy uh Talha. because in university Except for training classes, we didn't used to do anything. It's roam around and just waste of our time. Yeah. So, so Shahroz told, okay, let's let's you know le- learn uh, let's learn gaming. Mm-hmm. Let's learn how to build games. And so Talha started learning three uh, D designing the characters that we need. And from there on, we uh, got involved in this community called uh, Unreal Bahrain. It's a gaming community in Bahrain. It's, you might have heard about Yusuf Buhaza. Maybe no. Yeah, he's the guy who started everything, okay. and he's a really great guy. And he, we met him. He encouraged us to, you know, participate in Game Jam. Mm-hmm. So there was this Game Jam we participated in, and we created the game the first time we participated in, and we did not win. Mm-hmm. The next year we did again, and we did not win. Mm-hmm. And the third year we went again, and finally we won the third prize. Oh, great! So, yeah. So from th- that's where we, you know, uh, got our start, and and that's where we keep our name Nalikes. The current mm. the company name. Okay. So the backstory of the likes, my small brother created this YouTube videos way back. And he had his channel named W Plays. His name was Wahab. Okay. And I told him, okay, it's your channel, but let's keep it Nalikes. So we all can create uh, videos. So Nalikes, just so everybody know, Nalikes means incompetent in our language. So it was like, you know, just a funny thing. Yeah. I didn't realize this would become in a, turn into a company. Yes. Yeah, so so I told him, you know, you should keep your channel name Nalike, but he didn't listen. I was like, okay, whenever I do my thing, I'll keep it Nalike. Okay. <laughs> so we went to the event and we kept Nalikes. And from there on, um, yeah, so that was the, we were learning how to do game development, how to build application. And meanwhile, I was doing every side hustle, side hustle possible. <laughs> every good, side hustle that's possible. Good, that's a good mentality. Yeah, because the thing was, my other two friends aren't really much focused on making money. I'm mm. the one who's much focused on making money. You're the businessman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So they were like, they had the skills and I told them, okay, we'll, we'll use your skills and we'll make some money. I'll yeah. just, I'll bring in the customers. Yes. 
So one day in university, it was third year for university, and that's where AWS comes in. Before uh, AWS announced officially that they were coming to Bahrain, they had this uh, this small lecture where one of the solution architects, his name was Ben Romano, came to here. And he gave us, he introduced what is AWS, what is cloud computing. We haven't heard what is cloud computing. Mm-hmm. All we knew was that the backend work when data centers and every company has to have their own data centers. Yes. I didn't know there was something in which you could rent servers. Yeah. So he explained what is solution, uh, what is AWS and all. So the thing was, we asked him, okay, how can we work at AWS? At the, because, you know, the way he explained AWS, and I was like, this is a really cool place to work. And we asked him how to do it. He said, yeah, there's this uh, programs you can follow and so on. And we didn't knew that AWS was coming to Bahrain. There was no official news. And we just followed on, on LinkedIn and just we wished. We wished that, okay, if, if, if we could get an opportunity to work there. Fast forward one year. I got a text from my friend. He said, okay, there's this event happening tomorrow morning. Be there. And I was like, no, I don't want to come here. Uh, my alarm rang at uh, seven o'clock and we had to go there. I didn't know where I was going. I went to our capita mm-hmm. and when I went there, there was no sign. AWS was just moving in. And I went there, I, there was this guy, uh, Mr. Nadal. And he was like, I am Nadal, I'm the, you know, from AWS. And I was like, this is AWS. And I was like, oh, this, this came true. We wanted to work here and now we're finally in the office. And so that thing- How's was, the office, Baba? Is it oh, nice? Oh, it's really amazing. Uh, it's, I'll tell you. Sure, sure. We spent a lot of time there. So, so, so they didn't give us the introduction. Okay, why did we call? Why did they call us? So actually, that program was for final year students, but we were second and third years. Mm. So we actually we weren't supposed to be there, but luckily we ended up there. And they explained us what is AWS, what is cloud computing, and you know all the there, a solution architect came in and he explained what do they do. Yeah, and he was like, okay, the reason we were called there is that they're having this uh, summit, this hackathon for 18 days where they'll use AWS technology and, you know, solve real world, pro- real world problems. Yeah. So now he was like, cool. And they give us all these cool gadgets and they give us free AWS credits and you just, they told us to build something. Yeah. And we thought, okay, what we wanted to build. For a couple of days, we brainstormed, we failed. And finally, we landed up on an idea called, uh, we realized that there was one video my friend sent me. It was that a guy was trying to, uh, a mute deaf guy was mm-hmm. trying to order food through a, uh, through a drive-thru. Yeah. But the, uh, the waiter, the guy who was taking the order was very rude mm-hmm. because obviously the deaf person cannot speak, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm not able to understand. And it, it really went viral. This showed, and we did research and we found out there are 400 million people in the world who are deaf and mm-hmm. they face this problem every day. So we realized, okay, so the people cannot speak and people like us don't understand, understand sign language. Yeah. What if there was a way in which we could create a translator that could convert science language to voice and voice language to uh, voice to sign, sign language? So it's like a Google, Google Translate, but for sign. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And we worked on it. And 18 days we worked on it. It was a really cool journey. We went to the offices. We got free food every day. day, day and it's re- it was a really amazing journey. Fast forward to the event day. We gave the presentation and we won the first prize. And I was wow. Like, awesome. It was like, so Yeah. And then from there on, then we were really excited. We were approached by a couple of investors and they said, okay, we want to build a solution. But we were just a couple of kids, don't know anything about, you know, how to build a company. Mm-hmm. And it was like, how much do you guys need to make the solution? <laughs> and, we, and, and they took us to this fancy place and we were like stunned. We couldn't even speak at that place. Yeah. And I, I don't want to speak the name. There was this guy who told us, okay, imagine if you can get Lamborghinis before even graduating. You just need to build the solution. <laughs> and, and, and now I realize he was trying to, you know, uh, yeah. convince us. But that was awesome. So, you know, we went to a couple of more, uh, meet a couple of more people, but it it didn't work out. AWS approached us, okay, do you guys want internships? 
And I was, we were like, yes. So they told us, okay, you guys, there's this new thing coming to in you. So that that's where AWS partnered with uh, UOB, mm. and they created this uh, obviously a data center, and there was this uh, something called a cloud innovation center. There's a new small you know a place in UOB where they will train students and. The students will build products and then that product might go into real world. <laughs> and will they also give them a chance to get hired at AWS? Yeah, no. Yeah, so so how, how Cloud Innovation Center work is that they, they take a group of students, they assign them a challenge and that channel, challenge particularly solves a problem for a specific industry. Like the problem we were assigned, we will build the solution for the Shura Council and they will be able to use in government organization mm. the solution. Okay. And similarly, there was some students from Bahrain Polytechnic and they were trying to build a solution, I can't remember properly, for some other organization. Mm-hmm. So like they give you, you know, uh, internship, you have some f- few months, you have to build a solution and that solution would be used by a particular organization whichever has partnered with AWS. So from there, we built the solution and we really worked on it. I'll, sh- uh, I'll share some link and you might sh- share it. In the, sure, sure, yeah. I can share it. So yeah, so the thing was that there were solutions out there that converted sign language to voice and voice to sign language. But the problem with those solutions were that they were all prototypes and not a real product, right? Mm-hmm. And all of these solutions use some sort of hardware, right? And the problem was in sign language, if you know, there are static signs and there are dynamic signs, yes. right? So the machine learning algorithms and the AI models that exist today had the, can only detect Static science. Static, there was yeah. nothing uh, we could find that do dynamics. And one of the Shehros, the main developer, he thought, okay, I'll build a solution. So they built a solution which was able to recognize dynamic sign. So that was, you know, our main unique point. So yeah, from there on, we went on creating, creating, creating. And the in, uh, the internship was over. And now they, they told us, okay, this is something good. Go build a company around it. And we were like, yeah, we'll build it. We went to Flat6 Labs. Mm-hmm. We went to all of the incubators and all. Yeah. So, so Yeah. And we were uh, still building the solution, but, you know, in order to scale it, we need funding, right? Mm, of course. And we weren't able to find funding. We went to so many investors and we did a lot of things, but nobody was able to fund it. Meanwhile, uh, I was really involved in, uh, you know, again, making money. So I was yeah. learning how to build Shopify stores, how to do e-commerce. I was like, I was seeing videos on uh, for people there, you know, earning seven figures using dropshipping. So I was oh, like, that's, I see, I used to see it everywhere. Amazon dropshipping, exactly. buy products from Alibaba for like a bunch and then sell it other places. Yeah, I was, I w- it was felt like a scam to me, but I knew it worked, but it, I don't know. Yeah. I never tried it. Yes. So, and I was like, I need to build a, sh- a dropshipping store. Yeah. So I tried everything that was possible. I bought the Shopify subscription. I did everything. The, I was able to build the store, but the problem I faced was that in order to integrate payments, Shopify is not available in Bahrain, right? Oh, okay. So if, if I was in US or any, in any other country, I could use their uh, payment method and Shopify would accept payments on my behalf and then transfer to my account. Ah, but okay. I was in Bahrain yeah. and I needed a payment gateway. So I could, I, I used to, you know, I, I had to use some third party tool. For that, I needed a CR and I was like stuck, right? And at this point, I didn't know there was something called blockchain, right? Mm. I didn't know. The only exposure I had to blockchain was in 2019. One of my friends told me that uh, there is this application uh, that is giving away free money. Just download it and use my referral link. And that was called Facet. I downloaded it and I invested 50 BD in Ethereum. I didn't know what was Ethereum. I didn't know Bitcoin exists. Nothing. I didn't nothing. I think uh, the, the only thing I noticed was that my Ethereum was rising every day. It was, and I was like happy. I was like quiet. I didn't tell anybody what was <laughs> good, happening. Good, good, good. But I didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. 
All right. And meanwhile, I was trying to figure out to build this Shopify store and I couldn't. And I was really frustrated. One day we were sitting with my friends in the car. Fast forward to 20, uh, 2021 and all the COVID in the home. So the only thing I did was read books, read as many books as possible. Uh, so I was sitting with my friend Shehroz and Talha, the, yeah, mm-hmm. and I asked them, guys, let's do something big. Let's do something big. I don't want to do something small. Let's do something big that would really change our lives and mm-hmm. the lives of the people around us. And he was like, yeah, Talha, I don't know, but anything I do would be around NFTs. And I was like, what is NFT? Mm. He explained me. He is a technical so this guy. Was last year. Yeah, last year. Really, so I didn't, didn't even know NFTs. No, since, I didn't okay. know what was blockchain. Really, okay. I told you, no. Yeah. So he told me, Talha, there is something called NFTs, and we're gonna use, we're gonna build something. I was like, what is NFT? He, he explained me, and mm. I was like, you mean people are getting rich by selling images? Mm. He said yes, no, and then he told me how NFTs work, and I didn't understand. I went home, I started researching, and I realized, oh my god. I spent a few weeks learning about everything and I realized this, there's this thing called blockchain that, you know, is making NFTs possible and I was sleeping upon it. Then I realized, okay, why my investment in Ethereum is rising? Why everything is rising? Mm. And, I, and from there on, I, and I, you know, as it you know, clicked. it clicked Yeah. and I, I'm, I'm a go-getter. I, I don't want to sit on ideas. I said, okay, next day. Oh, I didn't mention something before. So meanwhile, uh, while I was doing dropshipping store, I, I tried to build an audience on TikTok by an account called Gilgar. Okay. Uh, that account focused on creating a self-help, motivational, inspirational content. I was really into it. And so what my aim was with that, I'll drive that audience to to, to my Shopify store. Yeah. yeah. But I, I Smart. Had, no, that's that's the way to do things. Yeah. To take your audience from one platform and bring it to your desired platform. Yeah. So I was able to re- understand how TikTok works and I was able to uh, get 80K followers and mm-hmm. it's still there. The oh, account. wow. Yeah. And it was like just continuous post content, continuously use hashtags. Reminds me of Gary V. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gary V is the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gary yeah. I really like that guy. So from there on, uh, I told him, okay, let's build NFTs for my audience. There are 80K people. Somebody will buy it. We'll just sell for 10 BD. Yeah. And then from there, I was realized, okay, no, it's not something we need to do. We need to build. Uh, so I said, okay, Shiroz, what do we need to build? And I, and I had this idea where I will build this motivation, uh, superheroes. We'll have Mr. Inspiration, Captain Hustle, and so on. We'll yeah. have this cute collection and we'll send and get rich. <laughs> and he was like, no, this is not work. And then he had the idea of cubes. He, he woke up one day. I have written an article about it. How did we get the idea? I'll share that as well. Mm-hmm. So he told me that, okay, we need to do something around cubes. And I was like, okay, what is cube? And then we refine, 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 and we were able to make, uh, you know, cuboids. Okay. Like the, those characters that you might have seen. Okay, like, uh, like Funko Pop. It's like a square. Uh, yeah, like with like uh, based on people though, right? Do they make the cube based on people or just cubes? Can I show you a picture? Sure, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll show you. So you'll get that. No worries. But I was going to say like even when you're talking about game development and Unity, coincidentally, right before you, I had a game developer come on the show. Really? Yeah, he did a whole game on Unity. Um, Omar Al-Shirji? Yeah, Omar Al-Shirji. Yeah, it's a really good guy. Yeah, I had him on. It was it was a fun time. Yeah, so these are the uh, cuboids. So these are cubes, correct? Right. Okay. So so how does the NFT art work? Is that we built traits, right? We mm-hmm. built a few skins. Let's say I'm building a, a, a human uh, NFT, right? So what I'll do, I'll create ten types of T-shirt, ten types of uh, jeans, and ten types of shoes. I'll run a code and it will generate, you know, different. Yeah. Uh, it's like you have a template with different outfits. Exactly. And you just randomize yeah. so, it. So we created this uh, 10,000 NFTs and I, I was like, okay, we created this NFT. How are we going to sell it? We didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. 
we did a google search opensea came up we said okay we'll settle on opensea uh we we posted nfts there and we uh were able to sell the first 100 right and we were able to we did some work few months three months within three months we were able to sell out the first 100 we were like good but there was 10000 of them but we then as i was also researching about it i realized okay why would someone buy just uh, cube. an M- cube yeah. and why would what's an nft at that even after we have sold 100 nfts i didn't know what was an nft really yeah so there's a part of me that still doesn't i mean i know what nfts are oh, yeah we get to i'll, 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 I'll explain you later. it's a good yeah. we'll, we'll explain you i'll stop here and i'll explain what is sure, an nft sure sure imagine jawar if you upload a picture on instagram okay yeah and that picture shows on your profile yeah. right do you own that picture No, I know. Sorry, I know. I know what NFTs are. Yeah, I, I was saying I don't know why people would buy um, certain NFTs over others. Yeah, that's where my confusion is. But you can explain for the yeah, people. So, yeah, so people know. Yeah, okay. yeah. So if you upload a picture to Instagram, do you mm-hmm. own that picture? No. Yeah, you're a technical guy. You might know. Yeah. So the reason we don't own it, that picture is stored where on Instagram it's server, yeah. centralized servers, right? Yes. And they can delete it whenever they want. Yes. Can anyone copy our work? Yes. Yes, they can do it. They yeah. can take a screenshot. They can copy it and portray it as their work. And yeah. there was there is no way we can prove that it's our original work. So this is the problem with the current internet. We don't own the content we create. Even if this podcast we are recording, we mm. can we don't own it. We'll post it to Instagram or wherever. But sure. the companies where it hosts the podcast, they they own they it. own they own the content. Yeah. So this is the problem with the current Web 2.0. We yeah. don't own what we create. Mm. But with NFTs, we can do it. I'll explain. Uh, NFT stands for right everybody most yeah, of people are non fungible tokens, tokens. Yeah. but we need to understand focus on the word fungible yeah what does non fungible means so i remember this yeah. fungible means i can change or exchange it right exactly yeah. non fungible means something scarce and something that cannot be changed for yeah. example the currency it's fungible mm. one bahraini dinar note is exactly the same as another note right yeah i can ask you to exchange with me it'll have the same value mm. but let's say i have a picture of mona lisa mm-hmm. in my room and the one in the French museum i cannot can i ask them to exchange with me no no they'll kick yeah. us out right yeah 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 because that's called non fungible yes so in the past if you created something digitally there was no way you could prove that you own it but with non fungible tokens you c- convert your content into tokens with which you can prove that okay you are the owner yes. and you created yes that's a high level definition so yeah. it's basically nfts are just digital assets that's it yeah i have a question though yeah. so i remember i remember someone i don't know who it was but the guy selling the first tweet first tweet ever how does that work because the tweet is a tweet it's not an image it's not you know so and it's it belongs to your account how do you sell a part of your account or a part of the tweet yeah, so, so so if you think about it tweet is just a digital asset it's like a text right yes and So, okay so on blockchain there are two types of token fungible and non fungible fungible are the those the, like bitcoin ethereum yeah, cryptos, yeah. crypto those yeah. are fungible and non fungible means these nfts yes so that tweet which you saw it's like just a text and somebody the first one who posted on the blockchain i think he was the founder of twitter right mm-hmm. and basically now you and me can go and convert that tweet into nft as well but he was the first one right okay Okay so the reason NFTs are valuable is because of demand like you know all assets supply and demand yeah so due to uh, actually I'm giving a talk on the upcoming event NFT mina and I talk about this okay why what what makes NFT valuable you you might have know about cryptopunks right cryptopunks yeah. is it the the NFT monkeys yeah NFT no the the one cryptopunk I think I think I've heard the term yeah but I'm not really it's, not it's ringing a bell it's I'll show you it's 
uh, these crypto punks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So one of these images was sold for $23.7 million last mm-hmm. month. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing, when I, which, which most people don't know, that five years ago, anyone could have claimed it for free as much as they want. Mm-hmm. As many as they want. Like, there were 10,000 of these. But now they are so expensive. So, like, as, as I told you, demand, right? So now, now there are only 10,000 of these and there are so many people that know about it. So because of demand, they have a high price. That's it. But what, what else do they deliver? Is it just the image? Is it just that character, the avatar? Like Paris Hilton, I know she has one that's millions of dollars. To me, as a, as a person looking from the outside looking in, people claim there's money laundering going on with some of the richer people. Like I know um, Seth Rogen has one. I know Jimmy Kimmel has one. Um, like what NFTs to me, um, which where I see them valuable is when it comes to the metaverse and gaming, like things you want to own that have utility, right? When people, when I see people buying monkeys and I know I'm, I'm, I'm making it sound bad, but when you, when you buy things that they all look the same, they just have different autos randomly generated and comparing that to the Mona Lisa, like having one monkey, one of a kind, I get it. But having the same kind of monkey, but different sunglasses, different hats, and there's no utility to it. There's not really, it's not like artistic feats exactly. that somebody has done. I know some people would, would say, oh, well, there's some celebrities that use these NFTs to give you access to certain features that nobody has, right? But to me, that's, that's not really that utility. It's just being a VIP, Paying money to be a VIP. Exactly. Tower, you might remember Fortnite. Have you played Fortnite? Yes, very in, early. Yeah, in, in Fortnite, if you bought skins, did you, did you get any advantage in game? No. It just Cosmetics, showed, yeah. Yeah. Cosmetics. Yeah. So some of these NFTs are just like that. They just shows. Okay. Now now Twitter had this uh, Twitter has this new update where you could set a profile picture of uh, NFT and you can prove that you own it. Mm-hmm. So if you come across an account that owns a CryptoPunk, owns a CryptoPunk, you're like, oh, this guy is rich or he was an OG. So, so, so most of these NFTs have just this demand and they are one of the first NFTs. That's why they're expensive, right? But coming about the uh, Board Ape Yard Club, mm-hmm. so these are access NFTs. By holding these NFTs, you can get access to private clubs, exclusive events and meet, you know, other people. Like holding a Board Ape Yard Club might allow me to meet, you know, Neymar or someone in yeah. the future. Because blockchain allows us to prove it, Like. Right? I can even screenshot the board API club and I'll go go to that event and I'll show them. But that won't be the original one because there is a way with blockchain we can prove who owns the original one, right? So most of these NFTs are access NFTs. They allow you, you know, get access to exclusive events. They're just a fancy looking car, uh, VIP ticket. ticket. Exactly. Ticket. Yeah. yeah, but it's in the blockchain and it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so th- that's the thing that, that to me is something I would not get into, like personally. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so what I like, for instance, about the NFT is like for Sandbox, right? You talk about um, a similar to player to earn. I, uh, yeah. I know it's not completely the same. Yeah. Um, where you own digital land and then eventually if there's some sort of um, manifestation of the metaverse, because I know, have you heard of VR chat? Yeah. So some sort of VR chat for the metaverse where you own land and you can prove it's your land. Things like that make sense to me. Exactly. Right. Um, so I, I, that's when I said earlier, I am into this, I invest in NFTs. This is why I'm investing in, because I, in, in NFT gaming, because I think it's going to be the first manifestation of other than art, 
is going to be the first big step in NFTs until future, whatever there's beyond that. And I think it's going to take a year or two to, for that to come into fruition. So I'm putting a lot of money in it and not touching it for a year. Exactly. And, and that's what you know everyone should do. Don't invest blindly. Make yeah. sure you do your research properly. Because the thing is that most of the creators behind these projects are anonymous, right? Yes. They just want to kick your money and go away. Yeah. For the people who don't understand what NFT, they, but they just have heard somebody is getting rich. I also want to buy I just it. want to put fear of missing out. Fear of FOMO, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So most of the projects out there, personally, I am an NFT creator. Yeah. There, there are scams out there. So yeah, you yeah. have to make sure. So there are a couple of things you can do uh, to do that, but we'll discuss of later course, on. Of course. So we'll, I'll jump back to yeah, sorry, the cuboids. Yes. Yeah. So the thing was, like, we created the project and we were anonymous at the still point, right? Mm-hmm. And we were learning every day. And he was like, okay, we created this NFTs, but what we could do it, what value could we provide? Like in any real world, people buy a certain product or a service because they get some value. In yes. It. And we were like, okay, what we could do? At that moment, I was just scrolling and I came across Axie Infinity. And I realized that, uh, okay, Axie Infinity is a game. It was created in 2017 by three Vietnamese developer and it allows people to earn actual money. Yeah. And I started learning about it. And and, and why did, uh, you know, that got my attention was that during uh, the pandemic, most uh, people living in countries such as Philippines and Indonesia lost their jobs and they don't have any income. And before the uh, pandemic, they used to earn five to six dollars a day. But with playing a game, they're earning more tokens. And how that works, we'll discuss later on. Mm. So I realized that there are these new games coming that are allowing to create in-game economy that will, uh, you know, help people play and earn. Imagine, Jabber, uh, you used to play which game? Which was your favorite game? Growing up, let's say Call of Duty. Call of Duty. In mm-hmm. Call of Duty, did you earn some sort of points or XP or something? Yes. Imagine if you could take that XP and convert it into actual Bahraini dinars. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this is the future. Like, imagine you played so many hours, and but at the end of the day, it's everything Nothing. is still in the game. Yeah. And even if you try to sell your account, you know, you might get banned. And not only that, the game is eventually going to die. Exactly. Servers are going to go down. They're going to make a new version of this game. You have to reinvest in that game. But with NFTs, what's happening is that if you buy an asset in a game, it belongs to you. Means it it does not belong to the creator of the game. And even if the game shut down, you can take that asset to another game or you could just exchange them on for another cryptocurrency. Yeah. So personally, I I love that concept. Exactly. It's an amazing concept. Imagine, you know, just... No, we don't have to work. We just play every day. Yeah, yeah. Because personally, what I used to play FIFA, right? And in FIFA, we had this FIFA Ultimate Team coins. And I used to spend so much because in that you uh, you play, you get coins, and then you open packs, and from the packs you got players, right? Yeah. And but the thing was, I once I was able to earn 15 million FIFA Ultimate Team coins, and I was like, okay, I don't want to do it. I want to sell it. I sold my account, but it got banned. Mm. So I had to return the guy the money, and it was like all uh, offline you know we're just chatting to yeah. whatsapp it was not allowed and and fifa highly discouraged people who you know did this did sort that, of action yeah. so when i realized okay if this is happening and in future if somebody is playing fifa and they could exchange their tokens that would be life-changing so i told my and my friends were game developers and so okay, they thought okay we're going to create a game that will allow people to earn money using these cuboids but the problem with the current play-to-earn game was that if you play Axie Infinity or another games, most of them are passive play. Like you click and you wait and something happens and then you earn the tokens. Mm-hmm. We were like, okay, we are going to create something that will allow people to control their characters and then... Uh, like they're actively in- exactly, engaging in engaging. the game. Yeah. So that's where this uh, Realm of Cuboids was born. Like before we only had Cuboids, but now we need to convert in Realm of Cuboids where mm-hmm. we have this different species. You can, but you buy the NFTs and then uh, once the game came out, you go into a match, you have a cuboid NFT, I have a cuboid NFT, right? 
we have our own token called Cubix, right? So before the match starts, you say, I want to put it 10 Cubix, I'll put 10 Cubix, we'll fight based purely on skill. Whoever wins, get the money. So is it like a fighting game? Yeah, there's, they're one of, so we have two modes. Okay. A player versus player, player versus enemy, okay. in which you can, you know, just challenge any of your friend online. Okay. Like, have you played this uh, Smash brawling yes. game yet? It's, yes, it's going yes. to be something like that. Okay, great, great. So it is like a kind of, like a fighting game, like a yeah. brawling game. I was going to say something, if I could rewind a little bit. Yeah. The concept of owning digital cosmetics or assets and selling them in gaming actually is not, is not new. Yeah. Even, even with Axie Infinity 2017, I used to play Counter-Strike, mm-hmm. Global Offensive. It's on Steam. Mm-hmm. And even Team Fortress 2 had this. It's very, those are very old games. I think even back in 2014 or 13, 14 is when they introduced cosmetics into the game. And the way they work is you buy a case. Okay, I think it's similar to, to FIFA. FIFA. Yeah. You buy a case and you have certain rare items in this case, like a, like a skin for a gun. And, and there's a knife. Knife is like the rarest thing to get. Like it's almost like a zero point something... Uh, percent to get the knife you have to spend money to get keys to open these cases you get these cases by playing and you get keys by paying okay so you open it up wherever it lands you get that skin right so now it's not like fortnite where halas it's in your game now and you can't do anything with it and steam they had steam marketplace they have something called steam marketplace and steam are the people valve are the people who created steam and counter-strike they introduced a marketplace and where you, what you can do in the marketplace is you can list these items that you've got and sell them for actual Steam cash, not real cash, Steam cash, which you, can, which you can buy games. But what they also can allow you to do is trade with people. So what people would do is they would make these websites, they would list their items and be like, okay, I'm going to sell this for PayPal money, so real money, but this is how we trade. Exactly. Yeah, right? this was happening, but there was no proper. There was way. no blockchain. It was yeah. not. There was no blockchain. Yeah. But the concept of it, when I heard of it, like, oh, this is cool because I used to own knives. I used to sell knives. I used to sell my cosmetics. Yeah. I have like a sticker, just a sticker you put on a gun that's worth seven hundred dollars. But I can't do anything with it unless you know we do the whole PayPal thing. Um, so this concept is not really foreign. Yeah, yeah. I want to tell people, but yeah. the introduction of blockchains and NFTs makes it so it's very concrete very robust yeah but the, but the problem with steam and fifa is that it's centralized it's controlled yeah, by yeah, one it's controlled, even yeah. if you earn the the knife you talked about yeah they can just remove it from exactly, your account exactly exactly or they, they can stop the marketplace exactly yeah, yeah but if that's was built on a blockchain nobody could stop close yeah. it yeah. So yeah that's the only difference oh, of, of course of course uh, it's, it's, it's like the alpha version of what we have now yeah but yeah but it was coming yeah know? people were trying different ways yeah but go ahead you're yeah so so that that's where we focused on uh, mm-hmm. creating uh the play to play and earn game so we created a demo and we are still currently building on it because the thing is it's not easy to create an in-game economy so how axie infinity work is kind of ponzi scheme you okay. know what is ponzi yes. scheme right so pyramid how, scheme yeah, yeah pyramid scheme yeah. so how this game is you know allowing people to earn is that until now that game will only allow people to earn money if more and more people are coming in right mm. there is no sustainable model as of now mm. right so that's where we are focusing right now. We are trying to create our token economics, tokenomics it's called. Yeah. So where we we want we don't want to create a game that will, you know, just go up and die out. Mm-hmm. Because if if people are not able to earn money through playing our game, it's, it's the whole idea is then, right? So that's where we're focusing now. Focusing now. We're trying to build a game. We're trying to build the tokenomics. And once we launch, let's see where it goes. Great. And and and, and that's where so this was Realm of Cuboids, right? And that's where this was the game. Now there was this uh, company behind it called Nalike Studios. Yes. So and we thought, okay, we have the skill, we have the knowledge, 
let's you know allow people to use it so that's where we formed this company and we started helping other projects do what we are doing mm. we had we know how to build smart contracts and how to do all the things that are included in building an nft project mm-hmm. so we help other we started helping other projects build it and that's and then uh, <clears throat> then we started helping businesses because nfts and this blockchain technology is not you know only for games and stuff. Yeah. it's for everyone you yes. just have to figure out a way so yeah that's where we are currently at we have we are trying to help businesses in Bahrain and internationally use blockchain technology to improve it because uh, most of these companies can be considered Web two companies. But mm-hmm. will, they, will ha- they will have to transition transition to Web three companies. Yeah. yeah, Web three company is just like um, so. Okay, so I'll explain Web one to yes, three. Yes. So Web one was like uh, so. Okay, when the internet came out, what was it used for? It was created by for military purposes, right? For communications. Okay, and. Um, so and in the beginning of the internet anyone who know html it's basic programming could post a uh, website mm-hmm. and users like you and me could just interact with it right there was yeah. just read it reading yeah. reading that was web 1.0 and to, from 2000 to 2004 maybe after that side web 2.0 where applications like youtube google and facebook came out where people could read and write as well mm-hmm. interact in- interact interaction yeah, yeah. But but the idea of Web was Web 1.0 was that it should be decentralized and it should not be owned by anyone, right? Yes. Right. But the problem with Web 2.0 is that companies like Google, Amazon, and Facebook, like these big giant companies, big giant companies, yeah, these yeah. behemoths, behemoths, yeah, they, yeah. This, they started giving out services for free. They, they allow us to use YouTube for free, Facebook for free, Google for free, but nothing in those world is free, right? Yes. If if you are getting something for free, means you are the product. Yes. Like, and this was very. I didn't realize. So, so how do how do these companies make money? Is that they use our data and they sell it? Then they sell it, and yeah. that's the only way they make. The, but the problem with this that is that uh, it's it's not uh, right. It's our data. We create the content, but they earn it, right? And we don't have ownership. Let's say if we are a YouTuber and we have millions of subscribers and our livelihood depends upon this channel, and suddenly YouTube decides to shut us down, what could we do? But that's where Web three came. Instead of these centralized companies. There, the most of this applications will be owned by community mm-hmm. means no one entity could be able to shut down something it will be owned by the community so who builds these websites so basically there is this something called smart contract yeah so so smart contracts handle everything so 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 before uh, just like we have contracts in the real world right we have this house contract you have to pay 300 BD per month if you don't pay you pay you stay you don't pay you have consequences yeah. like just a contract mm-hmm. similarly in, in blockchain, we have something called smart contract. It's just if conditions on the blockchain. And so what these uh, uh, allow is that, um, so so the, the company, so to start a Web3 company or this, a Web3 platform, initially someone has to build it, right? Mm-hmm. Someone builds it and then they create tokens for it, right? And once they build it, because everything is open source, right? They build it and it's uh, published. And later on, any changes to that, application could only be made by those community, community who own the, the token, token. tokens so, yeah. that's like it's so, like your stakeholders yes yeah. and, and even though even though you have tokens and you make decisions somebody will have to do it and that's where developers are there so in web3 uh, the community is you know um, uh, getting the benefits let's say the token holders are getting benefits benefit by you know the token is appreciating in value uh, the people who are mining right they are tra- validating yeah. transaction they are getting tokens 
and the users are getting. So in this way, there is no central entity that could control it, right? My question, I have yeah. a question about yeah. this. Yeah. What stops Google from buying a bunch of these tokens and having more voting power than others? Yeah, they could do it. They could do that. So see, the block, but that's the problem. They will not be able to do it. Why not? What, how, what if Google has a bunch of individuals or a bunch of different aliases, different names to buy? Because they're not going to buy as Google. Maybe, I don't know, because when you look at Sandbox, Adidas, Google, Nike are buying huge chunks of land that they can afford. So that when Sandbox releases as a game where you can play, they're going to own a lot of it. It's not really community. Well, technically it is. Yeah, so e even if these companies try to do this, we will realize this and... If, if it's not in our control, so see, blockchains can, are not, you know, uh, upper, uh, blockchains can be compromised. So if yeah. somebody is able to get control over 51% yes. of the network, it's gone. Compromise, yeah. But even if that happened, the community will realize and they will shift. There's something called fork in, yes. uh, in crypto. It means that we'll just, you know, change over way. Yeah. And that's what's happened. Because in, in real world, if there is a dispute in the company, one of, one of the party has to leave, right? Because there is only one company. But in blockchain, if there is a dispute or any, you know, something... They can just convert that company to two companies. And then the community will realize which one is the original one. I'll tell you an example. Mm -hmm. of it. You might have realized when Ethereum came out, Ethereum was one, right? Yeah. But there was some problem with the, with the smart contract and somebody was able to take a lot of money out of it. What the community was that, they did a fork, right? They created a new blockchain and all the people who had the money were given on the new blockchain and the other blockchain went away. It's called Ethereum Classic and there's mm. Ethereum. Oh yeah, I saw that. So, yeah. so that's, that's how, you know... Uh, will happen in the future the community will decide which one is where you know which one is which one should be at the top and which one should be at the bottom yeah so i get that yeah mostly when it comes to compromising 51 percent of the blockchain that's for intrude in, intrusion mm -hmm. or like people trying to hack or take control of 51 percent of people's computers and then, and then make a change in the blockchain mm -hmm. i'm i'm saying what if google legitimately gets these tokens there's no there's no intrusion they, they didn't hack anything they bought them legit they have these tokens and they can manipulate the price they can manipulate maybe not the price but like the voting of what happens in a particular project um i i guess that if here's the thing so then you say maybe the community can vote whether google should be able to vote for this right yeah but but uh, okay it depends which blockchain they take it because Bitcoin is just simple store of value and uh, any any like let's say a sophisticated blockchain. I don't know if Ethereum or or Polka or Solana, whatever co complex um, blockchain. They have the tokens. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, I'll give you an example. I'm currently investing in a very very. I mean, my friend found this, and I'm thankful to him. What's called Terra Luna. No, no, it's a, it's a, I'll tell you after the, you know, <laughs> I'll share it with you after, but it's a yeah. video game, AAA first person shooter. Okay. Okay. Do you, what, what letter does it start with? Maybe uh, we're not thinking the same. I think it's P. No. Okay. So it's different. We'll see. We'll see. It's, it's is, it, is it by a company in UK? No, no. It's S. American. It's American. Okay. It's yeah. Different. Yeah. So we found this project very early. Okay. And I researched and I was like, okay, they got $10 million funding. They got people who worked in HBO and Microsoft and they have good like employees, so I immediately like they, need, they don't even have top you, you tokens. <laughs> yeah, there's no even there's not it's so early. There's no tokens. There's just concept, but they have a Discord, mm -hmm. and I joined their Discord. And one of the early ones, they give me like a tag, so I'm like I have like higher power, whatever, right? When it comes to voting, um, and so I guess what I'm trying to say is, I have voting power for whatever happens in this company. 
Let's say another company or another project, Google buys a bunch of tokens for this video game. Okay. And yeah, that's and then, possible. And, and it's possible, right? So then maybe we have power as the community to be, to side against Google. Yeah, that's happening. And that's what's happening in these more uh, in these most um, blockchain things. There's something called a whale. Yes. A whale is someone who owns a lot of tokens and they can manipulate it. Yeah, that yeah. that is a problem. Uh, yeah, so, 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 which is a problem and, and, and there could be an answer. There could be like people standing up against this or leaving this project and, and like, Google, you bought, you bought a bunch of this. We're going to sell all of ours so now everything's worthless. Worthless, I, exactly. I, I understand that. But let's, let's say in the future now because this is, most people who are into the space, we're like the 1% of the 1% right now. Yeah. Like, you know, even though you, it's, you, you feel like in NFTs are like ubiquitous, they're everywhere, we're still very early. So if you're here right now and listening to this and investing, you're top one at the top one. Exactly. But, and we are conscientious of the fact that this could happen. We're educated enough to be like, okay, I'll be the type of guy who would vote against Google and just leave the project. In the future, when NFTs become a bigger thing, it's, we're going to have a lot of people who are shallower and come to, they don't, they don't care. They just want to use their VRs and buy things and buy tokens and have voting. Then you have the problem of Google buying out people. You know what I mean? So they're not going to buy the tokens, but they're going to pay people to buy these tokens. And then they're going to be having, they're going to have some control some other way. There's always going to be some sort of way that they want to dig their claws in. Even Facebook, what did they name their company? Meta. They want to be the ones who control Meta by calling themselves. The Meta doesn't belong to you. But the whole purpose of this blockchain is decentralization where there's, the power is not at one place. Yeah. And we all over the people in this community are trying to, you know, make it decentralized. But even if these companies try to do it, well, we'll think what to do at that. But yeah, it's yeah, possible. There they, has to be a solution. There yeah. has to be a solution. I think yeah. these, I think there should be some sort of centralization, but not in the sense that um, like Google, whatever, own. There should be an authority that regulates these things, that that look at, the, that have the best interest of the people yeah. and allow... Um, or allow or disallow people to buy a amount of tokens or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, you know how when, when you sign up for a bank, they want to take a picture of you? KYC, yeah. K- K- yeah, KYC, right? So some, your there, there should be some sort of KYC when it comes to Web 3.0 because my biggest fear is this. Eventually, they, I'm telling you right now because they know how big this is. Facebook, whatever, Google, they're all 24-7 trying to figure out how they're going to, play a role in this. Yeah. There's no way they're not. This is going to be exactly. a, a multi-billion dollar industry in the future. Exactly. They're trying, Facebook did it early. They mm-hmm. ch- they changed their name company to Meta. Meta yeah. But I don't know what Google's going to do. I don't know what all these other, Yahoo, whatever they, it they is. They might be doing, we don't know yet. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right? So I, I, that's my biggest fear. But for the, for the time being, for the next five years, I don't think we have to worry about that yet. But when it comes to fruition, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something. Yeah. Um, about crypto, not okay. NFTs, but yeah. I guess yeah, yeah, it's loosely. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah loosely um, connected. <laughs> I was t- going to tell you a story because you reminded me when you said you bought 50 BD worth of Ethereum. Yeah. I don't know how much that became, how much that turned. It, it, it turned big, into 500 BD and I was like, how? Within yeah. a few months. And yeah. that's where my curiosity rise. That's good. That's good. I have a similar story, but it's going to drive you crazy. Did you buy Bitcoin early? <laughs> you're going you're gonna to die from this. All right, tell okay? me. Good. So long time ago, early 2010s. Okay. Okay, like 2011. This whatever. is getting interesting because okay. Bitcoin came out that time. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I used to watch a lot of YouTube videos 2012 around that time. I don't know what, what exactly, but Bitcoin was like worth like a dollar or something at that point or less. And I used to watch a lot of conspiracy theory videos and criminal 
kind of like videos. And then there was, this guy, there was these guys I would watch and they would talk about the deep web. The dark web, yeah. Okay. Deep web or the dark web, for people who don't know, it's like, it's like a very scary part of the internet where a lot of illegal things happen because it's not very monitored by or regulated by people. It's, you have to do a lot of things to get to get into the deep web um, hardware-wise. Anyway, but uh, I used to... So they would talk about how there's counterfeit money and how people would buy counterfeit money is to use Bitcoin. Uh, or Bitcoin came to, to buy it because it's untraceable, whatever. It's, it's anonymous. You can't, you can't know who it is. You just know the address, but you don't know who it is, right? Um, so in that sense, it's untraceable, not in the sense of blockchain. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, interesting. And then I noticed, I remember Amazon at that time, believe it or not, they allowed Bitcoin payments. Really? Very early. I think I, it's some online shop. I don't know if Amazon, eBay... And I want to like buy Bitcoin just because I thought it was cool. Okay. Okay. Because I go, this is getting interesting. This criminal thing going on. You know, I feel like cool buying Bitcoin, just owning Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. I told my mom. Okay. Mom, can I use your card to buy Bitcoin? And maybe I would have bought 100 for like 10 BD or whatever or less. Okay. Maybe more. Who knows? If you had done that, we wouldn't be sitting here. I'm telling you. (laughs) You know what my mom says? I remember this. And she remembers this too. I don't want to put my card in the internet. Yeah. She was scared. And you know what's what's sad about that? Is I remember a year after we used to play Club Penguin. I don't know if you remember mini clip. It's a it's a game. Club okay. Penguin, okay? Okay. And you can buy it's you're you controlling penguins and you can have igloos, whatever. It's like cosmetics. And we I wanted to buy an igloo or something. I told my can I use a card? She's like, yeah. And then I forgot about the Bitcoin thing. I'm like, this is oh. where my mom opened up about using her card in the internet. And I forgot about Bitcoin. Until I remembered when Bitcoin blew up. In 2013 like, or 17? Uh, when, no, this, uh, this, this was like 2013 when I bought the Igloo. Mm-hmm. But when Bitcoin blew up, when it made like 8K or something, I was like, I remembered <laughs> Bitcoin. I remember this story. I told my mom, like, mom, if you let me use your car, we would have been millionaires now. <laughs> People don't believe it when I tell them. But I swear to God, this is true. This That's is a really, true story. It's really interesting you knew about, you know, from that time. I didn't have the foresight of blockchain or whatever. I just thought it was cool because criminals owned it. It's conspiracy yeah, theory. Yeah, the thing was, initially, Bitcoin was used for these purposes. I, yeah. There was this website. I watched a documentary and it was about Silk Road. There's a website, right? Okay. It's a website on the dark web where drugs are sold. Mm-hmm. So on that uh, website... Uh, PayPal didn't work and credit card didn't work. So they were accepting Bitcoin for them. Yeah. And for that reason, many exchanges that were offering Bitcoin got closed and, and the founders of those companies got arrested. And that's yeah. when the hype came down. Okay, Bitcoin is used for illegal activity yeah. and so on. I think that's why Amazon stopped using Bitcoin after that. Because I remember distinctly, I think there was a time where Amazon would accept Bitcoin. Yeah. I distinctly remember that. Yeah, there was there were companies that were accepting it. Yeah. I didn't know at that time, really. Yeah, so I'm like... <laughs> You know, it happened. I don't want to dwell too much about it, but... Uh, yeah, but still, you know, still, Bitcoin, even if it's worth... Uh, how much is it worth now? I don't know, 50K? It will be worth way more because we need to remember that it's going to be limited. It's yes. going to be only... Two, every year or two years? Every, every six years, I think. They're, they're, six years? Is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Okay. What happens after a certain years, the mining rewards get less. So yes. it means that at some point, there will be limited Bitcoin in the world. Yeah. Only 21 million of them. And it's it, not only that, not only they're getting half, but people who are mining it are getting more and, and more. And the interesting thing is that people are not selling it. They're just... They're holding know, it. Holding it. Because, they know. They know. because all the other cryptos depend on this, right? 
So. Yeah. No, it's yeah, but no financial advice. Yeah, this is yeah, I have to put like a thing. Yeah. yeah. No but financial. what we're saying is not financial advice, just our opinions. Yeah, because uh, recently every YouTube video I watch, this is the first thing. Yeah. I'm just a guy on YouTube. This yeah. is not financial advice. Yeah, yeah. Even family members, man, they tell me because I invest in in this area. The way I I'll explain the way I invest my salary. I get my salary, thing, notification, your your salary. 50% of it, immediately I start investing. There's no questions asked, nothing. Ever since I worked my first month, my first salary, I did this. 50%, I take majority of it, so like 30% of it, I'll put it in an ETF, mm-hmm. or a mutual yeah. fund ETF. That's like my long-term, how I'm, how I'm gonna retire early. That's what I'm doing right now, compound interest, all that stuff. Yeah. But then the rest, 20%, whatever it is, uh, I invest in like short-term crypto, Except like NFTs, NFTs for me is still like two years. I'm leaving it there. Yeah. But for, for I would invest in Polka. If you heard of the crypto Polka dot, have you heard about Terra Luna? I think I've heard of Terra Luna. They're doing something big. Don't don't mess out. Okay, not financial advice. No though. financial. Advice. I'm just telling we'll, you. We'll talk. Friend. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you know, obviously now I'm taking a hit because everything's down, which is right, fine. Which is fine. It's fine. It's I, I don't worry. That's what I'm saying. This is I'm investing money. I I can afford to lose. Do you know what uh, dollar cost averaging? No. Whereas that you don't buy when it's high, you don't buy when it's low. You just yeah. keep on buying. Yeah, I just keep on buying. Yeah. I keep on buying. Crypt when I bought Polka, it was at thirty seven, something like that. It reached sixty at one point, I think, or fifty eight, something like that. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm not gonna sell. Because I have faith it's gonna reach eighty or hundred. Uh, which platforms are you used to buy crypto? Before I used to use eToro. Okay. Now I'm s i am switched to Binance. Oh that's yeah, switch to Binance. And it's really, my brother works in Rain, by the way. Really? Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Ali Swar. I yeah. think I know. That's yeah. really great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they just had this cool update where and they added I a saw, bunch of new crypto. And I like, saw the the yeah, post. Really awesome. I might I might move there. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but early, I because they had such limited. But the problem was, uh, should I say it? The problem with these centralized exchanges. Yeah. Go ahead. You can cut this out of this the problem. Yeah. So no, it's okay. I'm not sponsored by Rain. Okay. <laughs> My brother doesn't own a stake in Rain. Yeah, <laughs> he just because what I, what I'm about to say might be you know bad for centralized exchanges. So there are two types of exchanges: centralized exchanges and decentralized exchanges. Yeah. So these ex- so any crypto wallet has two things: private key and public key, yes. right? So. Public key is the one which you use is like just my benefit number where yeah. you, you can give me and I send money on it. Yeah. But the private key is the password. Yes. So the problem with these centralized exchanges is that they have both of these keys. Yeah. And like, let's say if my money is now in Binance or Rain or Facet or whatever, CoinMina, they, they hold my crypto and they can do whatever with it. Yeah. Want. So that's what people need to also educate themselves that, okay, which is centralized exchange, which is decentralized exchange. Yeah, and, and and when it comes to centralized exchanges, sometimes when you sign up, you're you're agreeing to terms. Yeah, and you don't read, and, and, and it explains what happens if something a hack happens. I'll, how much you're owed? I, your insurance. I'll tell you what happened. I had this account in Facet, mm. and I wanted to withdraw some crypto, and they didn't allow me for three weeks. They didn't allow anyone in Bahrain as long as you know as my, my friends know. And when when I when I reached out to them, said we're having some technical issues, but I knew what was happening because people wanted to withdraw money, and if people withdraw money, there will be problem in their platform. Yeah, but that's what happened with Robinhood too, right? There yeah. was Robinhood where, uh, I don't know what it was. It GameStop. GameStop. Yeah, yeah. AMC and GameStop. Yeah. When that happened, they're like they stop people from. This is the problem with centralized. It's, that's the problem with centralization. Yeah. But I think uh, early on, the people who just getting started, it's good they use centralized exchange, but. 
but as soon as they realize okay what is it then they they need to move on to decentralized exchanges or you know having their own wallets or even you know going to ledgers yes. it's like a device which you know you hold yeah. it's like a mf what is it called multi multi signature key something like something that something like that yeah but yeah. it's just it's just a device like a usb where you can hold your crypto what, what is it they called cold storage right yeah there's hot storage and cold storage right i don't know the technical term so so cold storage is when you when your keys are safe somewhere and they're offline, yeah. they're no no connection to the internet. Yeah, and then the hot keys are the ones that are in the market in the blockchain, and it's it's always like circling. I don't know about the technical term, yeah. but what I know is that it's just a USB. Where yeah, yeah. You store your crypto, and it's the safest thing to do. Yeah, do that, guys. Do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and if uh, yeah, you might get some sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rain, you can still sponsor me. You know, it's okay. <laughs> We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk good about you. We'll talk, we'll talk positively. I mean, it is positive. It's a, it's no, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, because yeah. I the first time I think it was in 2017 or when they opened, 2018 maybe. Yeah, and 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 that's when I started telling my friend, okay, there's this company they're allowing, allowing us to buy Ethereum. Let's go buy them. And I, I and at that time I thought, okay, there was this kiosk where we go, we put in BD <laughs> and we get coin because I was dumb. I didn't knew what was crypto. And I had this idea: there's a kiosk, we put in money, we get crypto, but. Yeah, because yeah. people, my brother owns like a, a coin that's shaped like Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and and you know I want to convince people this is Bitcoin, guys. Look at Bitcoin. I want to see how many people will fall for it, even though it, it is fun. But do so. Do you invest as well in in spaces, yeah. or, or are you just involved? Like in- so personally, I uh, the thing is, I learn everything about it. And yeah. I, I still I still don't know anything. This is so mm-hmm. much to learn. It's a good mentality to have. Yeah, about anything. Yeah, because the thing is. The only thing I know is that I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's Who thing. says that, Socrates? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was him. Uh, so, yeah, I have this constant urge and hunger to learn more. And and these days, it's mostly about technology. So, I, I do invest. I invest in um, DeFi, mostly DeFi. Okay. So, DeFi is, stands for Decentralized Finance. Mm-hmm. So, normally, we have finance where you have these central entities like banks and governments, and they control the money. But with decentralized finance, the same thing. Nobody owns it, right? So, yeah, I have been involved in multiple projects. And, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Good, good. But personally, I don't only invest. So, crypto, DeFi, and GameFi. And not NFTs that are just uh, pictures and don't have any tokens. Yes, I like that. See, this is, to me, is... I, I don't invest in anything I don't research and believe in. Yeah. And, and you should understand what you're getting involved yes. in. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Like, when I invest in... Polka, I saw their project, I saw their chains and all of a sudden like, oh, this is actually yeah. helpful. So the thing about Polka, sorry, I'm cutting yeah, you, no is way. that, okay, so there are different layers in blockchain, right? Yeah. So what Polka will do, Polka is a layer zero thing. It will allow multiple blockchains to be built on top of one, upon it. And that's something really big. People yeah. don't realize it. Yeah. So when I heard about them, I'm like, I'm going to invest. Exactly. Um, Solana, I, I've, I didn't research much but i didn't put too much in yes, it so the problem with solana avalanche and everything is that okay so do you know what is evm no evm stands for ethereum virtual machines right okay so bitcoin is just a store of value or transaction of money that's it yeah but ethereum allowed to uh you know run smart contracts on something called ethereum virtual machine okay but the problem with ethereum was that uh, ethereum so the network can in bitcoin there can only be i think five transaction or some transaction it's really slow mm. and ethereum it was fast than bitcoin but in 2017 there a game uh, a game came out called crypto kitties 
which you know allows so many people to jump in and the network become congested and uh, therefore we have higher gas fees so gas fees are yeah, just gas like fees. A, <laughs> yeah so the gas fees are just like uh, you know a tax you have to pay to you know run your transaction so that's the problem with ethereum ethereum could solve it but they are not solving it they're saying okay we are moving from uh, proof of stake and then the gas fees will be lower yeah. so that's where all these competitor came, competitors came out solana avalanche phantom understood uh, so they're trying to compete with that exactly aspect. so they do exactly what they're doing just faster and cheaper and in the long run i'm not doing any prediction but there wouldn't be all of them there will be either one of them or i don't know how it will work out but everything they're doing is just doing as same as ethereum but they're doing faster and cheaper mm. and whoever does it best will be the winner in the long run yeah, and, and, and so you're talking about the proof of stake and all that stuff. Ethereum is moving to Ethereum 2.0, right? Yeah, and if that happens, and if Ethereum, uh, you know, is able to scale itself, then all of these will be kind of usable. Yeah, yeah, because there'll be either one or two only. I don't know how it'll work out because, from what I understand, there won't be all of them. Mm-hmm. There will be only one or two or only one. So I was gonna say it's gonna be a little bit different from what we're talking about, but you said you're a person who likes to you're a go-getter you like reading you want to make money yeah obviously you're one person you're one human being you can't um work actively so just obviously for people who don't know this passive income and active income right you can't be active at two things at one point it's it's very hard it's almost impossible so what what i try to do is generate passive income what are, yeah, so I, I bought a crypto machine it's coming soon, inshallah. inshallah. Um, it's been since November. Bitmain is a pain in the butt. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to generate passive income through investing, through crypto, um, so investing in crypto and ETF through the, through the mining machine. Um, I'm thinking of other ways. I'm trying. We'll see. You, for you, what advice or where, which areas do you think passive income can be good? So first of all, uh, I think people might know what's passive income or do you want to explain it? Yeah, so passive income is money you make by not doing anything. <laughs> That's the <laughs> easiest way to put it. Your money making money for you. Yeah, your money, your assets are making money for you. So if you buy if you buy land, just owning land is passive income because it gets higher in value usually, right? So then you can sell it later. But uh, Or yeah. passive income could be like investing in, in stocks and the stocks go up and you're not doing anything. You're just getting money by investing. Yeah, but it's not free money. You have to put in the work. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So, yeah, personally, I'm a big fan of passive income. I, I think I read this book called uh, The Psychology of Money. I okay. think that book. Okay, so I, I my goal was to get, is to get rich. I'm not sure. Yes. So I realized, okay, what can I do? Even if I do, you know, put work 20 hours a day or something i'll be able to make specific amount and i'm human after all i'll get yeah. tired as you said yeah and that's where i found that passive income so for passive income i thought okay what what is out there that can make passive income? okay there's businesses there's real estate and there's so on but but the entry the uh, the entrance to these is like yeah. not easy for someone like a student yeah. like me so that's where crypto came in so your question was what i'm doing in missing in passive income mm. <clears throat> so in crypto there's something called staking yes so just like we have a uh, Mining, like Jabur mentioned, he is getting mining machines. I'm looking forward to that. Inshallah. So, so what, what these machines do is that these machines run some, solve some mathematical problems. And Jabur, who is the one who's providing electricity for that, he gets some money for it. Similarly, and that's called proof of work. But this is one consensus model, right? 
which which uh, which was sold by which was created by Bitcoin and mm-hmm. Satoshi Nakamoto. But the thing is that after that, but the problem with this uh, consensus consensus model is that it uses electricity and it's not good for the environment. So, yes. So yeah, that's one way for passive income where you just leave on your machines and they make money for you. And that's why bit, that's why Elon Musk removed Bitcoin as a yeah. transaction. Yeah, because it's, it's not sustainable and it's not good for the environment. Yeah. That And the second thing came out is proof of stake. Yes. Where you don't need to run these machines, where you just, you take your tokens and you lock it somewhere and then those tokens are used to validate transaction and then the fees that earn fees that you know the gas fee the people pay that will be earned by you so if you're doing any transaction on uh, bitcoin uh, the miners will validate the transaction and who is mining will get the payment mm. and similar in proof of stake whoever has staked the token will get the token so that's one way of passive income where you yes. stake your crypto second thing is called uh, lending and borrowing as i mentioned in DeFi. so there is this uh, applic- it's there's a website called compound mm-hmm. so normally what you do is that uh, in, in traditional bank, you give the money to your bank. It says that it's stored in your uh, account, but it's not there. The bank is using it, <laughs> lending it. Yeah, that's generally how banks work. Banks, people don't know. Yeah, yeah people don't know. People, they use your money, by the yeah, way. And that's what I tell my mother. Yeah. She, she said, tell her, we'll keep it in the bank. I said, no, they're not using it. Give yeah, me, yeah. I'll put it in crypto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, what you do is that there's something called lending and borrowing. So, so let's say you have Ethereum in your wallet and it's just sitting there and it's... It's going up in price or it's going down in price, but it's not doing anything for you. But what if, if you lend it, you know, you put into softwares like Compound or any other in these DeFi protocols and you provide liquidity, you, you mm. say, you see, you allow other people to use your token, your token and somebody will use it. Mm-hmm. So that's one way. Another way is that uh, normally if you keep uh, money in your bank in the saving account, you get 0.5 on 1%, right? Yeah, to battle inflation. Exactly. Yes, yes. But what if I tell you there are uh, you know, pro, uh, there are protocols on blockchains that allow you to earn as much as 20%. That's what I was telling you. There is a blockchain called Terra Luna. Still no financial advice, but I'll, I'll, I'll educate you guys. So there is this new blockchain called uh, Terra Luna. Okay, so, so I'll have to explain something. Yeah. You know about stablecoin, right? Yes. So, okay. So so the problem with crypto is that all cryptocurrencies are volatile. Let's say one day it's 100 BD, second day 200 BD, third day 50 BD. So it's really volatile, right? It's yeah. not stable. So to, to solve this problem, they came out with stable coins. Yes. So stable coin Tether. is some Tether, USDC, and it's something pegged to the dollar. Yes. So it means that if you buy one USD, one USD uh, will be burned, right? And let's say if there is $10 million USD in supply, it means that that amount is stored somewhere in the bank. And that's good. That solves the problem of volatility. But the problem with that, and the news came out, is that the money, it's only showing, it's not actually in the bank. That's the problem with Tether. So to solve this problem, Terra Luna came up with a new kind of stablecoin. It's called algorithmic stablecoin. I, I don't okay. know if I pronounce it correctly. So what is that? that instead of being pegged to a, a fiat currency, it's pegged to a cryptocurrency. So in the so there's okay. it's get really confusing. So there is uh, this the, the blockchain is called Terra blockchain. They have this coin called Luna, and they have their stablecoin USD. Okay. So that's how it works. So if more USD are minted, Luna is burnt and its price is gone. Okay. That's it. Works. Gotcha. Gotcha. So they have this uh, protocol called Anchor Protocol, which offers twenty percent APY and it's steady. And how that's, how does it, how do they do that? Is it just through the, these because DeFi and yeah? So so they have three main sources of that. One is uh, through lending and borrowing. The second one is that P 
people bridge more cryptocurrencies into that uh, protocol. And there's one more other way. So it's really sustainable and they're very transparent about it, how they are making money. At the moment, it's 19.78 and it has been stable. Bro, for if it. it was 10% or yeah. even less, I would still be like, okay. Exactly. And and and, and the thing is, stable coin, the, your money will not go anywhere. How long has it been up? If you I, know. I found it about it like four months ago and I have been constantly telling my friends, did you invest? Did you put? Obviously, who wouldn't miss out on it? But the thing is, at the moment, it's 20%, but Let's say in a few years' time, it won't be that much. It would come down, but still, it's better than a Dude, bank. Dude, yeah, I'm okay. I'm gonna have, we're gonna have talk. Uh, we're, we're gonna have a talk after this. Really, I, I'll tell you why. When I found out, okay, so as more people put money into that protocol, that Terra Luna coin price will high. That coin was worth twenty six dollars when I found it. Now it's worth ninety dollars. Mm-hmm. This one coin, and it will keep going up, and and it's solving more problems. The thing is, uh, there is. Okay, so what it's doing is that Terra Luna allows a stable coin for every country. Yeah, okay. So, so let's say if Bahrain wants their own stable coin, they can mint provide. Okay. provide. So there are countries like Mongolia and Korea, they are using this every transaction. What they have done is that they don't need to tell people what's happening underneath. Just like you and me use credit and debit card, we don't need to know what's happening underneath, how the transaction are validating. Just, just, mm. We use the card. So what they did is that they created a new type of card which people use, but the underneath transaction are happening on blockchain using UST. Oh, okay, okay. And 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 that's have real use case, right? So that's something look at it. So I think their tagline is creating money for the internet or something like that. So it's it's a really good thing. The Terra I'm glad Luna we blockchain. had this conversation. I'm glad I asked that question about that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and people don't know about it. Like Terra mm. Luna is, so instead of investing in, a, you know, projects that like scams, invest in these projects that are solving real problems. Yes, yes. And then there's this Helium network uh, I've heard of it. Know. Yeah. So what Helium is you trying? You buy the, the router. You buy like the routers, yeah. and then it's same. It 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 allows you know it, it earns you tokens. And, yeah. And what they're trying to do, they're trying to create a decentralized ISP, something like that. Yes. Like we have. Yeah. There are so, some in Bahrain, by the way, because when you buy, when you want to buy, you can go to their website and they can show you where in the map. And there's some people here. Exactly. Are, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's you guys, you guys are up to date with this. Yeah, Good. And that's it. So yeah, that's one way. And every day there are a lot of things coming up. So yeah. in in 2000, uh, there was this uh, meme coins where if you have invested in Dodge or Shiba, you would have, but that's pure speculation. And then there is um, so many things. But but right now, the trend is GameFi. Yes. Games. So yeah, that, that's I, a couple of ways. To me, my it's not financial advice. Mm-hmm. It was, is well, it's not going to be like invest in this, but my advice would be, look closely to the game industry when it exactly, comes to NFT. Exactly, because everybody plays games, right? Everybody plays games and it's going to be it's going to be a tangible manifestation of the metaverse. It's because it it's already here. Have have you heard about uh, have you you might have heard. You know Roblox how does it work? Yes. There is Robux. Uh, yes. Robux in there. Yeah, yeah. And it's just the metaverse is the same thing. It's the same. But that's real money. money. Real it's money. real money. It's simple thing. It's real money. And you know Sandbox and all these games. I know there's one called Illuvium. I know all these like I'm trying to Yeah, there's so many out there. There's so many out there. Just invest in one or two that seem good. Okay, I'm going to say invest. Look them up. Yeah, get involved. Get involved. If you're going to invest, if you, by your own choice, invest, keep it for two years. When when Sandbox, um, I invested in Sandbox when it was one point, I think it was 0.8 or 1.8, something like that. And it went to like eight or 10. And then went down to five. So when I told my friends to invest at when, when it was at two, it went to eight. And then it went back to five and they sold like, oh, they're panicked. I'm like, man, Sandbox is going to, in my opinion, is going to hit 
triple digits. Exactly. Don't sell. Because it has real use cases. It it's is, solving. Yeah, it is. It's solving a problem. It's going to be entertaining. The, the infrastructure is there. We just have to wait for it to, to come into fruition. Just give it a year or two. That's not, it's not going to be overnight. It's not get a get-rich scheme, you know? If, if It's the same thing. Remember when in Fortnite, the the singer have a con, uh, a concert? I don't know. Travis Scott. Travis Scott. My brother was playing Fortnite. And he showed me something is happening. And I was like, really? And then when I understood, okay, where does Metaverse? And I was like, they are already playing for it. They were yeah. way ahead of the game. They're, they're, dude, I'm telling you, these companies are multi-billionaire billionaire companies. Um, they're they're already thinking of ways to invest to invest in this space. Yeah, it, it's better to you know uh, learn about it instead of you know just being ignorant about it because if it's too late, you'll not be able to join. Yes, yes. And right now it's still early. I know there's a lot of buzz around, but it's still early. If you're into this, you're ahead of people. But, but one, one one thing I have noticed is that people are really want to get into it, but they don't know how to do it. Yeah, and. And and when once they do, they have a bad experiences and then they stop. Yeah. So so so, so we need to create some sort of way in which people could uh, you know avoid bad experiences, learn and then do it. So NFT Mina, is there anything like that going on? Oh yeah, exactly. So yeah, NFT Mina is a, an event at Ritz Carlton Bahrain on the 16, 17, and eighteen. The main focus is on uh, you know just introducing NFT in Bahrain. There are going to be artists from all over the world. There are going to be workshops in which they will teach you how to create your own NFTs, how to, you know, create your NFTs, what are smart contracts and everything involved in the space, cryptocurrency, metaverse. And mm. uh, there's something we are doing and people will be really interested in that. We have created create your own NFT experience. So what you'll do, you'll come sit on our booth. We'll take a picture. We'll convert you into a crypto punk and post it on the blockchain and you'll have your NFT in your wallet. So that's I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. please do come. Sure. Um, I was going to ask a question yeah. about, um, is it Nalikes? Yeah. Nalikes Studios. I was going to ask. So you guys are making this game. Oh, before I, I, w- I want to ask about the whole sign language thing. Yeah. Do you guys still have that? Yes. we. So, so Oh, I, the thing is, so I, I told about, right, we were looking for funding, right? Yeah. And I think I skipped this part. Okay. So my, a mistake. So we were looking for funding and we weren't able to raise money. And uh, and we, we we started this NFT project, and we realized that you know people are using these NFT projects for social cause, right? So what we did, we invo- you know merged both of these projects. So mm. we'll say, so Realm of Cuboids, this funds generated from the game and from this NFT sales, we we told our community, we have it on our website that two point five percent will be used for the development of this product. So instead of you know just getting funding from somewhere, we are self funding ourselves. That's actually smart. Yeah. I was literally gonna say for the funding of of that, yeah. for now, like, do yeah. you plan on using the game to fund yeah. that? And it's, you just answer that, that. That's called Voicemate. The product is called Voicemate. Okay. So yeah, so we'll fund it ourselves. Because I love that the idea of that project. I'm not gonna lie to you. Hamza told me about it, so I knew about it before he explained it. Yeah. But you know, I don't want to say anything because people are they're watching. They, I want to pretend, not pretend, but be in the place of the audience. If I tell you, yeah, I know what it is. I don't have to explain. You know. Obviously, I want people to know about it. But when he when he told me about it like a few days ago, I was like, man, that's if if they got funding for that, it is a big. Yeah. You can sell it to Google Translate, whatever. You know, if you, know, you want to, sell you know it. what we plan to do with it. Mm. Imagine if you're watching YouTube video, you you click on CC, you get, dude. Imagine if there is another button you click, you get a pop up. That's, that's so. Cr- that's, that's that's amazing. That's what we plan to do and integrate them in Zoom meeting and 
Microsoft meeting. So, you know, nobody feels left out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at what stage are you in developing Realm of the Cuboids? Realm of Cuboids. Yes, so Realm of, Realm of Cuboids, we have, uh, we'll actually launch on, a, a, we have a game uh, demo ready. Mm-hmm. That game can only be played if you hold an NFT. And it has all the, uh, you know, the idea, but you, there's the tokenomics is not involved yet. Yeah, no problem. Because we want mm-hmm. to do it at a later stage when the game is, you know, fully working. Yeah. And another thing is that we will do a minting event because uh, we only have around 10,000 NFTs and we have sold 200 and we have, we don't, we are, we're not doing a big minting event. We are doing it in series because the thing is we don't want people who are in it for only the price, who are the flippers. Mm-hmm. They come in, they buy an NFT and they flip. And because of the reason our floor price is 0.1. So norm, the starting price is 0.069, but the floor price is 0.1 because all the people in our community knew what is our project. Mm. And it's just not there for you know, flipping it. Mm. So we are planning to do a minting game in April and then we'll have... We'll, do you we'll, have a Discord? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Do join. I'll, I'll, share, I'll, share, I'll join and I'll share it with people if yeah, they want to join. Have, we are everywhere. <laughs> so, okay, I think we're... I think we exhausted. Is there anything you want to talk about? Oh, I think that, <laughs> that's it. Okay. Uh, I, just I want to say about is that this is something to really get involved in. If you are a developer, if you are an investor, an artist or something, this technology has every, something for everyone, right? So yeah, just explore it, learn about it. And if there is something you guys need help with, please reach out to me. Yes, yeah. I will put all your socials yeah. um, for the studios and for yourself as well, if, if you want your personal sure. stuff. I I personally don't use much, so okay. because I don't use I don't like social media. There's a whole other reason for that. Uh, okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I can have you back. We can talk about that. That's <laughs> yeah. a good issue to talk about. Yeah, because you like to read books. I like to read books. Yeah, more so now than I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to read a lot of goosebumps and a lot of like <laughs> I have them here. It's a bunch of them here. Awesome. But now, like you talk about how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. I have read uh, just you know I have read all the self help books out there. Yeah. See, I'm getting self help. I have Atomic Habits, James mm-hmm. Clear. I have Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules for, for Life and Antidote to Chaos. I think it's yeah, called Chaos. Yeah. There's a second part for it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a new one now. We'll see. Um, but I, I'm trying to get into that. Let's do something only focused on books. Yeah, yeah. See, one thing I like about what you said is when you read the books, you actually applied. Yeah. Knowledge is useless yes. until applied. Even even Dale Carnegie, interesting, said, when you read this book, it's useless if you don't do what I'm telling you. Exactly. And you have to reread this book. Exactly. Right? Um, I think there's no value in books in themselves. There's a philosophical question. There's more philosophical. You know, when you hear... Does a tree make a sound when no one's around to hear it? Deep. Does does it? Repeat it, please. Does a tree make a sound like when it falls? If if if, if a tree falls in the middle of nowhere, does it make a sound? Because there's no one to hear it. So there's no sound, right? Yeah. There's no observer. Sound is something. In order for it to become sound, there has to be an observer who can absorb it as sound. If there's nobody there. Does it make a sound? I mean, it's just waves floating in the air. It's not sound. If that's what sound, maybe. The way I think of it, I'm trying to, trying to use that example to, to books. Do books have values in themselves? Like the, the words in the book have, have value? Or is it when someone reads it, does it have value? When someone reads it and applies it. Exactly. Yeah. Right? That's my opinion. There's philosophy is like maybe the words themselves contain value in them. Right? But to me, books mean nothing if you don't read and apply. Um. I know people that, that read um, 50 million self-help books, but then they stay the same. And it's because at the moment it makes sense, but what do, what are you doing to apply it, right? So that's why I'm taking it 
I'm I'm a, at a slow pace when it comes to reading self help books because there's so much knowledge, and usually some, for some of the self help books, they can be dragged on. There's uh, one yeah, or two, uh, and once you read, you'll realize everybody's doing this, repeating the same thing. Yeah, and, and there's like one or two concepts, but they have to make a book out of it, right? So there are sometimes people who would read summaries, whatever. I still want to read the book, etc. But uh, yes, the reason I read book is that I really I want to become a writer. Ah. So I I'm actually I'm also writing a book, but I stopped it because of this technology. Mm. So so I read all of these self help books, right? And I realized, okay, there are so many books, and nobody will read all of these books. What if I could combine all the information into one book? Into book, and the name will be Create a Better You where there will be practical advices on how to improve yourself physically, financially, and mentally. I think these are the three things. Yeah, it's like I make a chapter for all, yeah. you know? A simple, straight English. Yeah. Not, no stories, just like a few page small book. It has practical advice. Work out, you know, like yeah, yeah. if somebody wants to lose weight, what to do. If somebody calorie wants to get in, rid- calorie out. Simple. That's number one you need yeah. to know. Deficit, calorie deficit, yeah. 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 Um, number number two for finance. If you want to invest, <laughs> take 50% or whatever formula from your salary. Put it in this and this, and then leave it for twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> and mentally uh, avoid news. <laughs> <laughs> avoid news. Um, but it was great having you, Talha. Same here. Same here. I really, really enjoyed it. If you have anything you want to say to the people at the end, like anything, I, I you want to shout yourself out, I, your studio, all that stuff. I want to do for myself. I'll shout it for Jabber because the thing he's doing is really great. Thank the you. reason is that my friend, uh, he also wanted to start a podcast. He bought this equipment. He did the setup. But it's still in the work. No offense, Talha. <laughs> so his name is also Talha. Okay. So, but the thing is, you have, you're doing it and you're actually doing it. And and I know at, at some point this will be really big. Inshallah. And yeah, inshallah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Anyway, this was Talha, guys. And if you enjoy this episode, let me know. I know it could be technical. It's one of more technical ones. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I hope people did. I hope we explained some of the concepts I hope we didn't brush over things. I think you did with with Web 3.0, with NFTs, with crypto, blockchain. Yeah, because, yeah. So I hope this served as a good introduction. Yeah. And keep an eye out in the space, people. You have to. Or you'll miss out. You'll be like, why did I do this? Don't have the fear of missing out. That's bad. But also don't neglect it. Yeah. That's my advice. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you, guys.